the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear heart, Jesus doesn't care about the many. He cares about the person who needs Him. He cares about the lonely, individual heart. And the many is only relevant in the context of the individual sheep that He loves and that He carries and that He guides. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion to My Angel, the 10th in the Cosmic Controversy series. Don't forget you can listen to the entire series online. And if you missed any portion of this message, it is available for you online at reachingyourheart.com. Just look there on the main page. You'll see the current broadcasts and the entire Cosmic Controversy series is available. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with the second portion of My Angel. Today's Reaching Your Heart. The guardian protector of the Jewish nation so long forgotten. His voice silenced the prophets no longer speaking. It broke into his people's history as a human being. The word of God that every hurting heart needs to hear became the voice of a man and the desire of ages. God in angel form was heard no more in the ear of the prophets forever. The age of the prophets had come to an end. And the messenger of the covenant became a man who would speak clearly the mind of God in human language. And the spirit of prophecy in the Old Testament became the testimony of Jesus in the New Testament. The bad sacrifices of the sons of Levi were replaced. When John the Baptist saw Jesus walking on the banks of the river Jordan. John 1.29 he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The old was passing away. Type must meet antitype. The voice of God became the voice of a baby crying in the night. And the angel of the Lord, the guardian protector of Israel, became the servant of the Lord, who is the Lord. Jesus is the condescension of God. From eternity, he was at the bosom of all that God is. He had no origin, no beginning. He, was, he condescended to appear within the universe as the Messiah cherub. And then he was appointed as the the angel of the Lord in charge of the family of Abraham. And then he was appointed at Sinai to be the guardian angel of the Jewish nation. And when they rejected him, he came to them as a baby in Bethlehem's manger. The great condescension of God to save his people. When the Old Testament ends, God rejects the sacrifices of the sons of Levi. The entire system is passing away. Judea had chosen the spiritual rule of Rome, and by so doing, it opened the floodgates for demonic control over the holy people. In Luke 4, 5, Satan told Jesus when he was tempting him in the wilderness, he said, I, all the dominions and kingdoms of the earth have been given to me, and I'll give them to whomever I want to give them. And the Greek word he used for, for a kingdom there was oichomene. It's the Greek word for the inhabited Roman world. 
What he said was, I am the king of the Roman Empire. And I will make you Caesar. Hail Caesar. I will take Tiberius off his throne. And I'll place you on the throne of the emperors. And you will be my son in relationship to me. I will be your father. He offered Jesus the role of Caesar in a world order that had become his by choice. Rome had become Satan's kingdom and Judea in the second century had become the jewel of that demonic realm according to the book of Daniel. Hebrews 10, 5-7 introduces the coming of Jesus in this way. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here am I. It is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, O God. And then Jesus disappears, never more to be seen as the angel of the Lord. Never more to be seen as the Messiah cherub. He disappears and his nature is transformed and reduced into human form. The great condescension, the emptying of God is in play over the centuries. And now it becomes to us at the human level. John says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The messenger of the covenant became the sacrifice for the covenant that was broken. John describes the transition from the old order to the new in this way in John 1.10. He was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home and his own people received him not. When Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he entered the synagogues to cast the demons out. He had been engaged in a long, great controversy between evil forces. It had started in heaven. It had been transmitted to this earth. The Tower of Babel had opened up the floodgate, the abyss, to where these demons became the gods of the earth. And so here he was, coming to his own land. And when he comes to Judea as a human being, his ministry, he comes to that place where Satan has taken control of to claim it back for God. In Luke 4, Jesus began his ministry on the Sabbath in a synagogue. On the floor of the ancient synagogues, mosaics of the host of heaven were carved along with the zodiac. The Jewish nation had directly given itself over to demonic powers. Pagan and Greek thought had entered the holy place of God and their demons dwelt. Jesus rose up and began to preach from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. In Luke 4.18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. The mob drove Jesus out of the synagogue. Jesus left the synagogue of Nazareth for the synagogue of Capernaum. His life was almost taken. They were ready to throw him over the cliff and the Lord pulled him out of the mob. And so he went to the next synagogue at Capernaum. And in the synagogue there he sees a man with a demon and he sets his eyes on him. With the coming of Jesus, the old age of demon control must face the one who has spiritual authority. The guardian protector of the Jewish nation looks at that man who belongs to God. He looks at that child of Abraham who has been overtaken in attitude and spirit, who has lost his way, who has surrendered to something other than God. And he looks at him with a love that is magnetic. And when he looks at him, he sees under his eyes one who is under a control of a mob within. There is a spiritual mob motivating and ruling him. And the guardian protector of the Jewish nation acts because, as Malachi says, the Lord said, I have loved you, says the Lord of hosts. In Luke 4.33, and in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ah, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? 
Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now this is an amazing exchange that we see here. Here we see a discussion which presupposes a prehistory. Here we see beings who were cast out of heaven recognizing someone who was there. A prehistory, a pre-conflict finding this present manifestation right there in the synagogue. In this verse, the nature of the devil's kingdom is clearly defined by the demon's talk. The devil's kingdom is always, in the context, a mob within. He manifests his will as a mob mind mentality, intent on manipulating an outcome by spiritual compromise. The us of demon land becomes the eye on the demoniac's mouth. The we you cannot see behind the eyes becomes the me that speaks in the place of the man. The group collective absorbs the beauty of an individual created in the image of God with divine rights. We are legion, the demon said in another place, and here the many manifest their will as the one. Now, dear heart, Jesus doesn't care about the many. He cares about the person who needs him. He cares about the lonely individual heart. And the many is only relevant in the context of the individual sheep that he loves and that he carries and that he guides. Jesus didn't die for undefined groups. Jesus died for the whosoever of John 3.16 that needs him. The lost heart he seeks to find. You know the famous verse that is so dear to us all, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That's what love is. God gave. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came to save the whosoever of John 3.16. In Luke 4, Jesus looks at that man and he ignores the devils who long ago became a mob deep within. He has nothing more to say to them. A mob of demons were ruling the man made for God. And they speak out in protest, recognizing Jesus as someone they have seen before in a different realm. They say, we know who you are. We know who you are, the Holy One of God. We know you. We recognize you from another life. And then they ask the question, what do you have to do with us? Do you realize that's how you can gauge what's real in life? Those people, those influences that would like to take Jesus out of your life, you can almost bet your your money, that those people are somehow being influenced by unseen forces. If church leaders in your life are afraid to confirm the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a spirit behind that. If there are people in your workplace who are trying to get between you and prayer, there's a spirit behind that. If you have friends that are pulling you away from God, trying to get you to go places where you, where you cannot have Jesus with you, you know where it's coming from. They were very clear, what have you to do with us? And very shortly, Jesus answers them very directly. He doesn't dialogue with them. He doesn't give them an explanation. Verse 35, Jesus rebuked them saying, Be silent and come out of him. You don't have to talk with evil. You don't have to dialogue with the devil. You don't have to explain to evil forces why God wants you to move forward in your life. You know what you need to do? You need to let the Lord rebuke them and you need to move on. Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits. And they come out. And reports of him went out in every place in the surrounding region. Jesus clearly taught that he was not sent to this world for the nations at large. His three and a half year ministry was not for them. He claims very clearly that he was sent to the Jewish nation to save it.
He died for the world. This is true. But he was sent to his own people. His mission was to them. He was not sent to preach to the Romans, the Greeks. He was sent to Palestine as the great apostle of God to save the children of Abraham. Matthew 15, 24, Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why? Because God chose Israel to reach the world. And Jesus was the guardian angel and protector of the Jewish nation. It was his last attempt to save the nation that he had guarded for centuries. And to reach the world, you must reach Israel first because God had told Israel that they would be a holy nation, that they would be God's servants to declare His will to the world. And God made Israel to be a holy nation that would declare His glory to a world that needed Him. If you, don't, if you lose Israel, you lose the mission. When Satan gained control of the synagogues, he had subverted God's plan and purpose in the great controversy with evil. Jesus came to save His people from that evil. Christ came to rescue those who had fallen away inside the synagogue and to choose the nation back, to draw them back, to reform them and refine them and to make them a missionary force that would inaugurate the Christian era. And those who received his word, who believed in his name, they became a new Israel for a new era, reaching the world with with the truth of God. The Christian church was established upon the foundation of 12 Jewish apostles. You see, there's no room for anti-Semitism in the church at all. The foundation of the Christian church is, of course, Jesus, but the 12 apostles after that, and they were Jewish apostles. And you can't tell me that these 12 apostles are not Israel in the truest sense. Some people today believe that there are two peoples of God. Have you ever heard that? I mean, I hear it all the time on the radio. There are two peoples of God. Number one, the people of Israel. And they say that somehow the nation of Israel has a covenant relationship with God that is unconditional. In other words, God can't ultimately deal with them, or even reject the nation structure because he just can't. Well, that doesn't make any sense because Jesus said, your house is left to you desolate. He said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Bible is clear. The national structure of of Israel has been rejected because it reached its end. It rejected Jesus as a nation structure. But that does not mean that every Jewish person rejected Jesus or that the Jewish people are rejected. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over. Biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. But that does not mean that every Jewish person rejected Jesus or that the Jewish people are rejected. You see, the church of Jesus Christ is the second group, they say, is the people of God. So they claim there's the nation of Israel and then there's the church. And and that way of thinking is kind of bad because they, they kind of are saying God's a polygamist. He has two wives, spiritually speaking, two brides. But that's not what the Bible teaches. There is one bride. 
In the Bible, the entire history of Israel boils down to one faithful Israelite dying on a cross to save the world. The entire history of that nation boils down to one man who is faithful to God from the line of Abraham. The guardian protector of the Jewish nation had become a son of Abraham to save his people. He was the seed of Abraham and he is the true Israel of God that is faithful to God. And dear heart, if you have Jesus Christ by faith in him, you belong to the people of God and you are part of the Israel of God in prophecy. If you have Christ, all the promises of God are yes in him. If you have faith in Christ, you are not an outsider, you are on the inside. You come under the protection and tender care of the angel of the Lord who is the Lord, who is the good shepherd of the Christian church. Galatians 3.27, For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The guardian protected the Jewish nation and become the good shepherd of the Christian church. His people are still his people wherever faith is found. He dwells with them through his spirit by faith. And the children of Abraham that are special to his heart, even if they have fallen away from faith, his tender care will reach out to save them. They belong to him by covenant power and promise in Christ. John 1.10, he was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world knew him not. He came to his own home, and his own people received him not. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. Dear heart, there is no glory in your life without Jesus in your life. The rejected guardian protector of the Jewish nation will accept every rejected person from any nation, and especially the children of Abraham, if they come to him in faith. He will accept anyone and everyone who calls on his name to be saved. And all of God that you can ever want to know, all of God that you need to know, all of God that is relevant in your life, all of God that there is to know is in Jesus. God's name is in him. And when Jesus was nailed to the cross of Calvary, the Roman inscription over his head was inscribed with the brilliant truth that sets his people free from the spiritual overlord of an evil angel mob that ruled the Roman world. Mark 15, 26, the inscription read, it was the reason for his death. And the inscription of the charge against him read, Mark records, the king of the Jews. Dear heart, Jesus is not any less today what he was on that day. Jesus is still the King of the Jews. He is the only one who can save and guard His precious people in all time and for for every time. He is the King of the spiritual Israel of God, which is made up of Jews that have faith in Jesus Christ and of others who have faith in Jesus Christ, who have come together in the mystery of the gospel to be one people. He is the guardian protector of His people. And he is the reason why the Holocaust was not fully successful because God loves the children of Abraham who do not yet see who he is. He loves deeply the children of Abraham he cared for for centuries. And he loves deeply the people of the world who are children of Abraham by faith today. And in Jesus, these two people are one people through faith. Galatians 6.14, But far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. 
For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. The Christian church is God's Israel. And God is lovingly, tenderly reaching out to the children of Abraham to be a part of that Israel that will never end. In World War II, the Nazis gained control of Poland. It was a sad fact of history that meant the brutalization of the nation and the death squads that took out the intelligentsia of that nation. The oppression against the Jewish people was the most severe in Poland, more than any place in Europe. In that Christian land, there arose a few who mustered courage and faith to save the children of Abraham. It was the policy of the Nazis to execute entire families. If even one family member gave safe haven to a Jew, the whole family was executed. Irina Sindler was a Roman Catholic Christian who loved Jesus very much. She was a social worker who served in the Polish underground with the Zagoda resistance, which was part of the organized resistance against the Nazis. Working with others of like mind, she saved 2,500 Jewish children by smuggling them out of the Warsaw Ghetto to safe havens in the church and abroad. In 1943, she entered the ghettos with a star of David sewed onto her clothing. Fear of betrayal was high, and so she identified directly with the very people she sought to save. To the Jews, she became a Jew to save them. Working with organizations recognized by the Nazis as legitimate in Poland, she compromised elements within these organizations to solicit help to smuggle people out alive. In 1943, she was discovered. The Nazis then arrested her. They tortured her in ways that will lead to history here. The woman who wore a star of David in the ghetto was identified with those that Hitler hated the most. Their fate became her fate, their struggle for survival, her struggle to survive. And finally, she was sentenced to death because she loved the Jewish people as part of her own personal faith family. On the way to execution, elements of the Zagoda resistance bribed the executioners and they ransomed Irina's life from death. She was literally on the way to die. And they pulled her out. She was officially listed that day among those who had been executed. But she survived to see the future she fought for with so much pain. After the war, she was persecuted by the Polish communist state. Both the Nazis and the communists hated the woman who loved God and the children of Abraham. And that's why I don't think as a Christian we have anything to do with the attitude of racism in the Nazi culture. Nor the attitude of atheism and secularism in the communist culture. They have historically persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. They represent two sides of a common evil that hates God's people in every age. And there's no place to idolize these evil world systems. Years later, Irina Sindler was recognized for her courage by Pope John Paul II and others that would follow. She was nominated in 2007 for the Nobel Peace Prize. It was awarded instead to former Vice President Al Gore for his work on global warming. She once said, I was brought up to believe that a person must be rescued when drowning, regardless of religion and nationality. She also said, I still carry the marks on my body of what those German supermen did to me then. I was sentenced to death. Jesus today is alive, but he still carries, he still carries the marks on his body of what those Roman supermen did to him then. He was sentenced to death. And Jesus' death is the great miracle that gives life to the whole world. He was sent to the Jewish nation. It is true. But in his mission to save, his love reached out and saved the world. 
He was ransomed from death and the resurrection for the sake of all humanity, even though he was sent to save his nation. He came first to the Jews who were his people, but in the mystery of God, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility, and his love found a way to identify with every lost child of Adam who needs the faith of Abraham. Jesus entered the ghetto with the star of David, and he left the ghetto of this world with the robe of righteousness that is for every single person who seeks to be part of God's spiritual Israel by faith in Jesus. Jesus' words are found in the book of Revelation. They are the final words of Christ before he will come again, before he will break into history and fulfill the words of Isaiah and all the prophets to the fullest that he will come. And they stand true till the end of time for all of us to incorporate and hear deep within our life until he comes. Revelation 22.16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who is thirsty, come. And let him who desires take the water of life without price. And then John ends by saying, even so, come, Lord Jesus. That will conclude My Angel. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Don't forget the entire message is available online with the rest of the Cosmic Controversy series at reachingyourheart.com. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.